most important son yes yes yeah. of course yeah um there is a running joke in your family that don't know your sisters and it's always fun to torture them like that that mm-hmm. i was i've met them like 12 times each you know it's a joke with my whole family because i'm the only boy this generation so i'm the fra- favorite grandson the favorite nephew the okay. favorite son oh i didn't realize there's no other no uh, there's no. no other male smith no i'm the only i'm the only one that pass on the smith family name oh yeah well yeah w- would, without me it would it would fade into oblivion you right? just realized that the, that's the most common name uh for in the american house you know i think johnson and then smith Got so it. you know guys like me we have to do our part keep it going yeah so talk to me what's it like being the son of uh, a raging maniac entrepreneur such as Randy Smith. Like, how did how did it how do you feel now? Because let me tell everybody how this genesis happened. You were in getting your teeth clean, and unlike unlike your father, and no disrespect, mm-hmm. you don't have your own toothbrush in my bathroom. Like Randy keeps his toothbrush here. So I, know, I feel it's, like it's, we're it's not okay. on that level yet. We'll yeah, get there one day. Right. We'll bring your tooth, the toothbrush over here. When you, you know when you bring your toothbrush over, that's a whole different level. It's breaking the barrier. Yeah. That's all, yeah, yeah. That's the next level. So uh, it's like giving, you know, giving the keys to the apartment. Yeah, exactly. So you're here getting your teeth cleaned. And uh, Ashley, our hygienist, who's also well known in the bulletproof world, um, says like, hey, you really got to get on the podcast. And I'm like, OK, well, that sounds great. And I kind of blew it off because I didn't know what, you know, how this would fit. Mm-hmm. And then you um, come over you're like, hey, I want to talk to you. And you start talking. And I was like, oh, shit this is great. Stop talking because <laughs> I don't want to like run out of things to say. So I always like to keep it raw and real. Yeah. So you, you literally like, Nope, Nope. Don't say another word. Save it, save it for the yeah, podcast. Save it all. So I only know like a quarter of the story, but it sounded getting good. So I'm mm-hmm. like, great, let's roll. You know, what's, what's funny about the whole thing and, and Ashley saying, Oh, you should go on the podcast is, you know, Ashley has been my hygienist since I can remember. And, uh, you know, we have a good relationship. We always talk. But what's funny is most of the time, and I think this is everyone's relationship with your hygienist, is they're doing most of the talking because you can usually just thumbs up or grunt or smile. And, uh, you know, she <laughs> to, go, to yeah. go through a cleaning with her and then say, you should go on the podcast. I'm like, Ashley, I don't say anything <laughs> when yeah. I'm with you. You do most of the talking. But uh, that's why I love being a dentist, by the way, because yeah. I love to do a bit of talk. And no, yeah. and that's why I like podcasting. Like I'm just talking. And just hear yourself talk. And, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's it's great. It's you know, like I, I actually I get bad reviews in the podcast, by the way. And they say, like, shut that STFU, Craig, or something. Oh, you, you just you just got to roll with, with comments. Got to roll with it. Yeah, you, you can block the comments. You know, <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. What's funny is I realized, you know, she she's like, you should talk to Dr. Craig, get on the podcast. Um, You know, I start thinking about my whole relationship at home and I'm like, God, maybe I should just shut up more and just not talk, you you'll, know, and you'll be judged as more popular. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And just, you know, nod and, and thumbs up. So I've been trying that at home and it's, I've had moderate success so far. That's awesome. So get to the um, story. Like you're sitting there in the hallway and Ashley's like, you know, she's like, Parker should be here. And I'm like, well, what's up? And then go, go into the story of how it happened. Yeah. So, um, oh, let me interrupt you just for one second. For those that don't know, Randy Smith, is a very close personal friend of mine. He's been he's spoken at the summit in Vegas. He's been a frequent uh, guest in the podcast. He's been part of the mastermind. He's a really well respected entrepreneur. He's got great energy. Very close friend of mine, and just happens to be Parker's dad. 
So that's the context of Randy Smith. Sorry, mm -hmm. in case this is a new listener coming in. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, of what course. What the hell are you guys talking about? Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Craig to me, you know, Randy always just says, well, he's my dentist. Um, but no, you guys are good friends. Uh, you know, he's he's spoke spoken to you, to me about you, about business and about how, you know, you guys share strategy and vision and, um, you know, all that fun stuff. So which uh, leads me to something we'll talk about later. But um, yeah, I uh, I'm an entrepreneur as well. Um, I own a short term rental vacation rental management business um, down here in Palm Beach and Broward County. So we service from West Palm down to Fort Lauderdale. Um, we don't own the properties. We have owners who are either investors or you know part-time owner occupiers who, when they're not using the property, they want to rent it out on sites like Airbnb, VRBO. Um, you know, it's a whole business to run, run one of these rentals. I'm so sure. if they don't want to do it themselves, then they hire us. We take care of the A to Z, right? Okay. Just out of curiosity, it's a granular question, but I'm trying to draw a parallel to commercial real estate. What's the percentage that you typically charge as a percentage of gross income? Is that how yeah, it works? Yeah, it, it's based on gross booking revenue. Okay. Uh, it depends on the property. Um, higher end properties will be about 15%, lower end properties or one bedrooms, 20 to 25%. Okay. So what do you, so let's just call it like 20%, basically. Mm -hmm. What does the user get for that? Or they, they get us to run the A to Z of the entire business without them doing anything. Basically, okay, so they booking. pay the, yeah, so they pay the utilities and they pay their property taxes. We do everything else. So it's full service property management. Cool. Um, but in addition to that, we have a revenue team that uses a dynamic pricing system to adjust their price to be competitive. Cool. cool. We list on 20 different websites. We have a 24-7 guest services team. Um, uh, you know, we have revenue meetings uh, with our owners, uh, you know, where we give them advice on, uh, you know, what the price should be, what the minimum booking should be. Um, and then of course we manage, uh, the guests when they're in house. Got um, it. so, you know, a lot of vacation rentals, it's like, you just rent the house. You never see anyone. You never talk to anyone here. We try to treat them a little bit more like a hotel. So if demand goes up, you have the price elasticity to say the price last week shouldn't be the price this week or yes. And you're, you're cross-referencing different platforms and different properties that you're using. I imagine it works a lot like airline tickets. Perfect. Yeah. So I, this analogy, I just want to bring it to dentistry for a second. You know, like, look, if you and I want to fly to LA tonight, we can get there. Mm -hmm. There's probably a nine o'clock flight out of Fort Lauderdale. We'll get there, you know, reverse road, Iowa, whatever the hell you call it. And uh, it'll be probably a couple thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. But if we want to fly to LA in January, mm -hmm. it could be a couple hundred dollars. And you'll wind up sitting next to somebody that this guy paid thousands or we paid thousands and they made it pay a couple hundred. The problem in dentistry, and I want to just bring this to your attention because it's kind of frustrating, is that we don't have that. So if if someone wants a cleaning today, and we're a major participant on a bunch of insurance plans. We're booked up like six months in advance. Cleanings are like $60, $70. And there's no open time for a guy like you who could afford a $100 cleaning or $120 cleaning to get in. So the the, the parallel I want to bring in is price elasticity, elasticity is really important. And if you're in a, a dentist out there taking a lot of insurance plans and you're booked up six or seven or nine months in advance, and a guy like Parker calls and that can afford a hundred dollar cleaning and says, I want a cleaning. You can't see him for a while. He's going to find another dentist. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just important that this price elasticity model has something to do with dentistry as well. And for those that are taking a lot of insurance, always reserve at least some time every day or every week for a last minute fee for service or a full paying patient. Just a little, I don't know, made me think of that. And I'm having like 
advice to rets right now because it's it's dynamic pricing dynamic right pricing. dynamic so pricing it's not price elasticity then or is yeah it, it's it's the same thing Somebody right fact it, check us and put it in the yeah comments. yeah jamie, jamie fact check it okay you want to uh, call jamie yeah <laughs> I, oh you know what he's right here i have a phone keep going uh so um yeah we we do dynamic pricing um besides that we also do housekeeping maintenance uh what have you so you know i have some owners who are really involved some owners we right who are totally elasticity of demand yep. yeah yeah and uh, some owners who are totally absentee. Um, what's interesting about that is, yeah, I, I assume you can probably run some sort of model to figure out what's the ideal number of vacant slots to have based on how many last minute bookings you're getting or how many right. last minute call-ins. Yeah, it'd be a great so idea. If you do that for like a year, you could probably figure out, okay, we need to have, you know, I, I don't know how what that number is. Is it 5% of slots open? Is it Right, but no one does that. Or at yeah. least most people don't do that. So yeah. it forces the fee-for-service patients, so, you know, people that pay a lot of money are used to getting their way. So if you have insurance in dental insurance, it's not uncommon. You'll call the four or five best dentists in the year, and they're all going to tell you three months. Mm -hmm. You t tell the higher-end clinics, they have open time for you. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, it's like when you call a hotel, like, sorry, we only have the suite available. Yeah. Okay, well, shit, I need a room. Yeah, I, I have to suite. book it. You have yeah. to book it. Yeah, so. we, we do something similar. Um, you know, it's a lot of it is automated with how the price changes, um, but a lot of it's not, right? So if we know there's like a festival coming up in Delray or, um, you know, I have houses in Wellington for the, uh, the equestrian stuff, events yeah. out there. Right. So, you know, there's some manual, uh, input there too, but we found the ideal range is about three months out is where you'll make the most revenue. So people will, people will book last minute, but they won't book if it's too expensive. So the revenue you get from a three month in advance reservation is actually higher than if you get someone booking, you know, for tomorrow night. Um, and then if you go past three months, it goes down earlier than three months. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. So let's get to the story of how, um, you wound up on here. I'm mm -hmm. sure I just wasn't to talk to the, the few percentage of listeners that, um, have vacation rentals and want to do. Yeah. I, I mean, I have but, the plug, right? No, but you know, it's either that or a free cleaning. Yeah. So. You're, you're micro niche though, because you said Palm beach and Broward. Are you willing to take our listeners in Texas? Uh, we do have franchises in Texas. Okay, oh, cool. So it, it it's a franchise. Okay. I'm the owner for Palm Beach and Broward County. Okay. Um, and you know, which is why I have all of these great tools because okay. I have a national team who. Okay. So let me make a sales pitch for you. So if you're in Texas and you live in Texas, come to to Palm Beach or Broward counties, buy something here and let Parker handle it. Right. Well, I mean, this is so, one of the best places in the country to buy real estate, right? Oh no, it's true. It has yeah. been. Yeah, trillions of dollars have flowed in. To, yeah. To Florida is crazy. So let's get to the I uh, how you got here. Mm -hmm. So we were walking out and you said a story that I'm like, stop, stop, stop. So I want to hear the full story. So Randy says, says something to you about like, sends an email out. So you want to talk about the descriptive vision. So this yeah. is, this is actually one of my earlier memories of, you know, be, you being Randy's friend. Um, I don't know how many years ago this was. I feel like I could have been in high school or something like that. Well, how old are you now? 17? <laughs> 28, 29. I just turned 29. Okay, got it. So I'm going to say, Okay, so I wrote that thing in 2008. 2000, I was in eighth grade in 2008. Okay, so this is the timeline. Yeah. So it's eighth or ninth grade for you. Yeah, and that, you know, it, it stuck with me. So in, in eighth grade, uh, my dad sends me an email. I probably didn't even have an email account then. He like pulled yeah. me into his office to look at it. And he said, I want you to look at my friend, you know, Craig, this vision he wrote, this, this uh, descriptive vision he wrote. And, um, you know, I was like, what's the descriptive vision? You know, I don't really care about this. Let me go play video games. Yeah. He's like, no, this is important. You know, I, I want you to read this. So I read through your descriptive vision and I can't remember it clearly, but, you know, the, the 
just of it stuck with me. And I remember the beginning where you talk about walking through the doors of your yep, new office yep. and greeting your secretary. Um, and you kind of go through your day and, and some things about it. And, you know, he's like, he, he took this and he's making it happen. Right. <laughs> and here we are uh, all these years later. And, yeah. you know, you, you accomplished everything. I remember at least from this vision um, and, you know, having an entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur as a father, it's, you know, these little micro lessons all the time, everywhere. That's awesome. And Good having, for you. having the clear goal and the descriptive vision was a really important one. And I think about it, uh, I've thought about it all the time, right? Did you wind up writing one? Yeah. So I, I, end up, I ended up uh, writing one about eight months ago. Oh, for the first one? For My first ever one was about eight months ago. Oh, cool. I, I thought about it a lot. but you it's, share it with it's, me? Yeah, yeah, of uh, course. I'd love to see it. I, I'll, yeah, I'll share, I'll share it with you whenever. But, um, you know, no, no one's read it before. But uh, uh, it, it's not- a, Including Randy? He never read it? No, no, no. He hasn't read it. It's kind of a- personal thing but i'll, okay, I'll yeah, share but there's you. no judgment i'll yeah i'll, I'll uh, i won't make fun of you for it you no it's my personal one it's good it's I just showed you mine yeah, oh, yeah <laughs> you show me yours i'll show you mine it's uh it's just really cool you know i always had these big goals and dreams and aspirations and here i am um uh this was back in february and i'm in middle peak booking season in south florida right so i'm only uh five months into business six months into owning this business uh, pets heads are falling off. It's chaos every single day, trying to acquire new customers, guest services, trying to hire help. Um, and you know, I was like, why, why am I doing this? Like, like where, what is the, what is the end goal? Obviously I want to have a successful business. I want to make money. I'm financially motivated, but like, how do I get there? Right. I have all of these lessons. I have all of this knowledge. Um, you know, I have my dad, I have these books I read, but, but I need that vision. And it clicked and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to write one of Dr. Craig's, you know, uh, visions, like that email I read. So I sat down and I wrote it. And what I love about it is it was so vague and like very free form. And I just kind of spewed my thoughts of where I want to see myself. I didn't even specify an exact time. You know, let, somewhere... me, let me cut you off for one second because we're losing listeners because we're using a word called vision. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening to this, and I know there's a couple of you listening right now that are saying, oh, shit, they're talking about vision. Mm -hmm. This is woo woo shit. This is like, think um, it's going to be great. Like, just think it's going to be fucking awesome and it's going to be awesome. It's not that. Mm -hmm. A vision, and, and it's a woo woo word, but it's a game plan. Mm -hmm. It's a highly descriptive game plan. And what I find is no one does this shit yes. ever. Yes. No one does it. it so, and, and so, this so is... they go on their life and, and, you know, right now we're on the entrance of a mastermind class. We have, you know, 30, 40 dentists that are um, enrolled in our bulletproof mastermind. Mm -hmm. And the first step is like the vision, you know, just got a game plan. I didn't use the word vision because it scares most people. Mm -hmm. And um, they, they just haven't thought about it. just like you had it, you know, you're, you're well into your business career. You actually mm -hmm. started the business. You're like, wait, wait, what am I doing? Where am I going? And you had the you know, the, the, the foresight because you had been told and you had been told, so you should have known better, Yeah, but you didn't. And I didn't know better either. My, my descriptive vision was written after I'd been a dentist for 10 years. Mm -hmm. I had never thought about like, Oh wait, what do I want to create? Yeah. So I'm not trying to sh throw shade on our masterminders or anybody that's listening to this, but like, it is not a normal thing to do. Yeah. And usually it's some form of crisis mm -hmm. that, prompts you to do it. You have to have a breakdown in order to have a breakthrough. Yeah. So don't tune this out. We're talking to you specifically. And if you can, and, and it's usually, I know where I'm going. I know, I know. Mm -hmm. 
But then you start asking questions. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. So without it being highly descriptive, it doesn't have to be pegged to a time, but what are you striving to create? Like what's success look like? Yeah. And you kind of just touch on it. It, it eliminates that doubt, right? Like, yeah. like the, it, it take, it explains your why, right? So I wrote this vision and what's cool is you can be very vague when you're writing this, but being vague about this and, you know, letting me just kind of spew out my ideas of what the future is going to be like. I worked backwards from there. Good for you. So now That's the key. Yeah. Now you have this thing that was kind of fun to write, but in there is really good information. And I worked backwards from there and I wrote concrete goals that I want to achieve, you know, within three, five, Give 10 years. Give me examples years. of what they were. So one of them is to become uh, the top rated um, vacation rental manager in South Florida. Perfect. which just is reviews, right? More right. five-star reviews than right. ever. But I love how you have a thing, you have something you want to achieve and you made it quantifiable. Mm -hmm. So like, I want to make more money. Well, yes, dollar just made more money. So yeah. you you actually immediately knew, how do I know the top top rated? Like just by Google. I have the most amount yeah. of positive Google reviews for anybody else. Yeah. So how many more do you need to be that? Yeah, for for Google, I, for Airbnb reviews is like our, our bread and butter. Got it. Right? I have, I believe right now, like 250 five-star reviews, which good. is really good. That's awesome. Um, I want to be over a thousand five-star reviews. Okay. Right? And how long do you think that's going to take to get there? A year or two. Good for you. A year or two. Yeah. And you know, it's it's not just that goal because it's so easy to do. You know, there's this this thing in psychology where it releases dopamine in our brains to talk about our goals and our visions, right? Yeah. So we I can talk that. about, I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, you know, it releases a little bit of dopamine when you even talk about achieving what you want to, because it kind of like tricks your brain into thinking it's actually happening. Of course. Right? So if you say like, one of my goals is I want to have my own sailboat one day, right? It's a big financial goal I have. Is it really though? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big financial sure goal. It's bigger than Randy's that little. Yeah. Oh, of, of course. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll What's carbon that? fiber. Carbon like, fiber. like what, what is he going to do? Is he yeah. going to war go, in that why boat? Do you, why like, do you need to go on. that fast? Yeah. You, you don't. I it's a sailboat. Relax. Beer and chilling. Yeah. He's going to slow the hell down. Come on. Listen to some Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Um, I'll pour a little that beer out for Jimmy, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, Just way to bring the energy down. Yeah. Oh, God. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's time. Positive, positive yeah, thoughts. Yeah. Um, so so what else? What are the... Like, okay. So let's... I'm going to pry on this for a second. You did... That's a tactical goal. That's an action goal. Mm -hmm. Did you spend time thinking about like the fulfillment side of things? Like what's going to make you happy? Or did you just plug in a bunch of stuff that says, if this, then I'm sure I'll be happy with myself or happy? No, because, you know, happiness is is defined differently by every person, just like success is defined differently by every person. So what what are your goals, right? Are they financial? Are they, uh, you know, satisfaction with where you're at in your life, with your family, with your business? Um, and it's easy to hyper fixate on the financial side, right? Mine, at least I, I did this, was not just about that, right? Is goals of how you know, what kind of business I want to have, right? So in one of my goals is to foster a good community with my employees and uh, with my company, right? So I wrote that as one of my goals. Beautiful. Um, what did you say specifically about that? Uh, uh, host regular events, including like an annual Christmas party, uh, set specific days to do team building. Yeah, your dad's, you know, your dad's great at that. So you yeah. grew up with that. And you even worked at Heritage for a long time. So that yeah. was instilled yeah. in you. Yeah, of yeah, course. That's super important. All, all of those values at Heritage, I feel like I've I've taken and you know kind of processed, and I'm applying them to my own business. Um, it's so funny when <laughs> when I hire like my uh, uh, my 
you know, first interview is almost identical to the ones they do at Heritage. So yeah. it's it's cool to take something. Do you have that's... a sign, Jamie? Yeah. No, I don't have a sign, Jamie yet. You gotta get yourself a sign, Jamie. I know. I yeah. I, I desperately need help, and you know, something we can I talk could be about. Your sire, Jamie. You know, you, you know, I could call you. Could you do the interviews? I'll you do know, it. well, I don't want to do your interviews. <laughs> I, I'm the worst at interviewing, by the way. I hire the worst people. Yeah, because I'm it's, a connector. It's hard. So it's I'll, really hard. I'll find the common thread for the worst person, mm -hmm. and I'll hire that person. I was banned from hiring. I don't. The last person I hired, <laughs> by the way, in this, and this is a true story. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. She seemed super sweet. She was a hygienist. She actually turned out to be a person that was a former stripper that fired from the strip club. Oh. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you have to do. to. And to why, get why'd you fire her again? Well, she wound up, um, I think, you know, what happened at the time was that my hygiene team, like, you know, that when you hire for your organization and you have a large, you have departments like I do, mm -hmm. it's kind of like picking out an arranged marriage for somebody like, you know, we have six or seven at the time, highly functioning hygienists and they're great. And they know, they know what's required of the job. And I'm the one hiring like, Hey ladies, here's your new work wife. I mm -hmm. hope you guys have a great, you know, arranged marriage, you know, yeah. Enjoy your, you know, and they actually got to the point where like, we can't handle this person. This person's being disruptive. And they wound up terminating her employment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, it, um, it really takes one bad person. I've seen it in different organizations to, you know, ruin the morale or positivity of an entire department. Yeah. Right. Um, so but when you're starting a company, you have to sell everybody. You have to sell them and this is going to be great. But at a certain point, once you build something, don't sell people. Find people that belong. Mm -hmm. Everybody's looking for someone that can fit in and bend to fit in. You just want to find people that belong. And when you establish values and why you exist beyond making money and the things that you're trying to do, and you tell people that, like, I want to work there, mm -hmm. you know, so that it, the explicit definition of like what you're trying to create will have people self-select into your environment Yeah. versus like this fitting in. Yeah. You know? And, you know, starting a business, it's, it's so you are selling yourself to yeah. hire the person, right? Yeah. Um, you know, my first employee I ever hired, it was... It was hard to convince them that, you know, I'd be able to give them a steady paycheck. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's just what you go through starting a business. Um, it's very, very difficult. Yeah. It is extremely difficult. I, I think looking back at everything I've had to do over the last 23 years, if you told me what was going to lie ahead for me back when I was starting, I don't know if I would have done it. You know, they say like an entrepreneur has like a poorly developed sense of the risks that are stacked against them mm -hmm. and they're overconfident in what they can do. You have to be that. You have to be or else because yeah. if you're going to measure it all, you can't, you know, it's like going to war and you have like 11 bullets. Yeah. Like, wait, how many of them? How many bullets? Just don't check the magazine. Just run for the hills. Yeah. Try to you you got to just go burn for the it. the boat and storm the castle. It's hard. You know, that's, that's funny you say that because everyone makes this mistake. At least I feel like every entrepreneur makes this mistake. And it's one of the earliest ones that my dad taught me and I still made it, right? You know, Randy told me that when he was starting his business, he couldn't make money for the longest time. And that's all he was trying to do, right? Make money, make money, make money. He was trying to sell more jobs, um, you know, hire the right people, uh, you know, not hire the right people, get people now when he needed them, right? Just to get the job done, uh, move on to the next one because he needed sales in order to support his business and make payroll, right? The tactical versus the strategic. Yeah. He was in the doing mode. He was in the doing mode. And then one Not day- the planning and conspiring and building mode. Yeah. One day he he told me he basically gave up and said, I'm never going to make money. I'm you know always going to be chasing my tail. 
doing this. We're never going to get to a point where we're super profitable. All I'm going to do is focus on being a good, the best flooring contractor I can be, run the best business I can, and you know, focus on making my customers happy. So that's one of the best lessons. And I think you know, if you talk to him now, ever since uh, Heritage was sold to private equity, he's still the president of the company. And the company is growing bigger than ever. And he feels like he's better at his job than he ever has been because you know, all he's doing is focusing on running the company and not looking at you know, how much money you're making every single day. Well, so, it's existential in the beginning. You start a business, you outlay a lot of capital, you hire people. In the dental corollary, we hire associates. They're on guaranteed minimums. Mm-hmm. They're sitting twiddling their thumbs. You're thinking the money is like literally flushing down the toilet. Mm-hmm. And it's really scary. So the idea of this existential threat that you're going to go out of business because you run out of money is very, very real. Yeah. So it's not an unfounded fear. Yeah. So you're running around like crazy, like, where can I get a flooring job? Where can I, you know, and that panic and that um, that threat will sink most of us because it affects our psychology. Yeah. If you have poor psychology, you know, they, you know, a mentor of mine says 90% of the reason why a business succeeds or fails is the skill set and psychology of the owner. Mm-hmm. And of that 90%, 90% of that is just the psychology. Mm-hmm. So if you're running around like a panic animal, and I was for 10 years or more, you're going to screw everything up. You're going to mm-hmm. micromanage the shit out of everybody. How did you lose that sale? What did you do? You know, because mm-hmm. that could be the end of it for you. You yeah. know what it's like. Yeah. And I, I see myself doing that sometimes. And, yeah. you know, part part of it, ha- part of you has to be that way, right? Yeah, I agree. You have to be a little bit crazy to, uh, you know, to learn the business, to stay on top of everyone and to keep, you know, the, the train moving in the right direction. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I kind of realized I was doing this and I stopped focusing on, you know, what's my revenue number every single day I was looking at. How many new bookings have I gotten today, like in the last 24 hours? Instead, over the last six months or so, I focused on how do I acquire new customers, right? How do I make those customers happy? That's all I'm focusing on, Yeah. right? Of course. You can always turn the dials later, right? You know, my my margin isn't exactly where I want it to be. It, it goes up and down a few points every single month. These are, you know, my, my housekeeping price, uh, you know, how much my vendors are charging me. These are dials that you can turn at a later date and have it make a big difference. But when you're growing and you're still small, right? All that matters is customer acquisition and keeping your customers happy. Yeah, it's adding value. Yeah, so you I- can add, You can add metrics later, but adding value. Your business is nothing if it's not adding value. Exactly. Yeah, it's like it's like starting a pizza shop and worried about like how much flour you're using per pie. Yeah. Do people like the fucking pizza. That's, that's it. Because if they don't like the pizza, I don't care how good your ratios are, yeah. you're going out of business. Yeah, it, it We're getting Dan Portnoy to come over and drop you like a 7.9 or- Did yeah. you know that happened locally, by the way? And He went to a shop here? Yeah, they went to a shop here and blew them sky high and blew- oh. Oh my right, god! Right, right here. That's awesome. Yeah. What, Shout out to Abit's Pizza. What a weird Abit's. name, but like I can't get in now. I gotta check Dave him out. Dave it comes over, like drops like an eight point nine or whatever he does. It is instantaneously. Crazy. Yeah, that's that's a good rating. Don't quote me on that, Jamie. Ch- fact check that. It's very <laughs> fact check it's that. Very Hold up. Yeah, Hold you up. Can't get near it. Yeah. But it's true. Like a lot of us are so myopic in our businesses. We're going through a, a CPA is just drive me batty because it'll mm. tell you all this. You know, like we we revere CPAs as business experts. They're they're just people that tell you what you're supposed to pay in taxes. Yeah. And by the way, they don't tell you what you're not supposed to pay. Yeah. And I love your dad's line. You know, your dad's line is always there's six thousand pages to the tax code, mm-hmm. and only like five thousand nine hundred and seventy of them or thirty of them tell you what you should pay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Only. I'm sorry. I got that. Totally other backwards. other way around. Yeah. 
Let's edit that, Jamie. Other way around, <laughs> 5,970, 30 of them tell you what you don't have to pay. Yeah. And they're called loopholes or government incentives. Yeah. And like CPA is like, they're like, my CPA told me my ratios are off mm-hmm. or my CPA told me my payroll should be one point lower. I'm like, does your CPA run a successful business? Yeah. No, then yeah. STFU, don't talk to him. Yeah. Like just because your CPA doesn't mean you're a business expert. Talk to a guy like Randy. Randy's helped me immeasurably. Yeah. Oh God. Immeasurably. Me too. We're going through it right now. Um, you know, this is the first cycle where, you know, I, I I've had a year and and we're doing my taxes. And I oh this was something I was always terrified of. Um, I'm an idiot and I didn't get a business degree, finance degree, accounting degree, any of that. I studied sociology. No, but you're right? gonna get it. It's just gonna be more expensive and longer than if you just got the training originally. You're getting an exactly. education. I'm getting the education from my dad too. Yeah, you know, I go I to the I go to the Randy Smith School of Business, yeah. who is an expert, expert on tax matters and you know, he has everything except the letters after his name. Yeah. Right. So and I know the guys with the letters after their name. I'd rather have Randy than a guy who has a degree in theory. Yeah. He has a real world experience. Yeah, real world experience. No shade to the business school people, but a lot of those people are taught by theorists, yeah. business theory. Mm-hmm. And the real world world, tell me what the theory of HR is until you have like a disgruntled employer. Then what do you do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pull out the handbook for that. Exactly. Um, yeah, we we just went through this and uh, you know, we met with my CPA. Um, you know, Randy has all these ideas that, you know, my CPA might've gotten to it down the line, but, you know, sets it up front of what we're going to write off, what we can't write off, um, and kind of demystified accounting for me. And, you know, it, it's crazy because I, I'm in a fran- I'm a franchisee, right? So I have this massive network of other franchisees around the country going through the exact same things I am. Right. And franchising is fantastic for that reason. Right. The franchisor, they help me. They do the revenue, but the main asset of being a franchisee is that I can pick up the phone and call it's the network effect. 20, the mastermind, yeah, twenty people uh-huh. doing the exact same thing I'm doing right yeah. now. Um, That's what we have at the uh, our mastermind. Yeah, is solving the same problems, and yeah. like, this is a unique way to do it. Most of them were, you know, either worked corporate jobs, um, have never been a business owner before, um, you know, or have other uh, backgrounds not related to entrepreneurship, and they have no idea what they're doing with their accounting. You know, they they don't we understand a PL statement. No idea. No one teaches any of this shit to us. Yeah. Nothing. It so is. it's not the fact that you don't have letters behind your name because the average dentist graduates with like four or five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. We know nothing about money, business, PLs, leadership. And yet we wonder in dentistry why most of us are super unfulfilled. I don't know if you've heard the statistics, but there's a high Suicide, drug use, divorce oh my God. in dentistry. It's not looking good. And I think one of the primary drivers is that we're thrust into small business ownership. We're told it's the right thing to do. And you weren't trained for it. Nothing. Yeah. It was like if you play tennis and you've not been trained to play yeah. tennis, you yeah. get ball smacked. I you. have. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> or ice hockey. You, know, yeah. you get a puck in your mouth. Yeah. And that's what happens for most of us. So it sucks. But I'm glad that you have the franchisees at least to bounce things off of because most dentists don't even know. I end, up, a- I end up teaching them. Wonderful. Because because I learn it from Randy, right? Yeah. And you know, it, it's you that's, have that's what I do at Bulletproof. I yeah. take it from Randy. I give it to everybody else. It's it's so overplayed and so cliche, but having a mentor is probably the best the best thing you can do as an entrepreneur. There's no, if you were to make one change tomorrow to improve, you know, your business as an entrepreneur, it's find someone who's done what you are doing right. better. Or you know, uh, or before you, and copy them. 
right. copy them exactly. And so that the, uh, you're you're using words that are really. I just want to translate some of the words because I want them to land on the dentist that's mm -hmm. listening here. So you're using the word entrepreneur. I would like you to substitute that business owner. Business owner. Because what's happening is people will self-select out. Like, well, I'm not an entrepreneur. We own your business. You own your practice. Yeah. And yes, at a certain point when we graduate dental school, we know nothing. We we have a degree to work on teeth, but we don't know teeth that well. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you have to do, the natural cycle, is to learn to be an expert dentist. And then after that, like you've got this team here. You've got hygienists that are doing this and the business systems and ad admin people and rent and taxes. You must pivot at a certain point and learn business. Yeah. So like your thing, you're trying to be, you were trying to be the entrepreneur first and what's my ratio and all this mm -hmm. stuff. And like, oh, wait, I'm a business owner. Let me make sure my customers from Airbnb are like super freaking pumped that they're yeah. using me. Yeah. And you know, it's funny and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like at the end of the day, you know, having your dentistry degree and practicing dentistry is the easy part. Right. Yeah, the hard yeah. the hard part eventually is running a business eventually and being a business be. owner. Yeah. Like doing your accounting, doing your taxes. Well, it's in the zone it's of your really control. Difficult. So so yeah. you know what's easiest is to do everything within your control. Mm -hmm. And then what's hard is to exert your influence to control outcomes of other people. So yeah. scaling. Yeah. So you know, yeah, you can have a great, you know, single dental office, but try to do ten. Yeah. And just because you're great at one doesn't mean you're great at two and three and four. Yep. And there's a natural tendency to get overconfident when when you know they scale. Yeah. E so. Ego is is a huge part. Yeah. I I yeah. I I definitely struggle with that yeah. at first. You know, I was so Well, you're young to be getting over your ego if well, you're if you're telling me you're over it. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I started like, I thought it was like the Bill Gates of dentistry <laughs> for the most of my career until until I realized it definitely was not. Yeah. Uh, so I started, you know, uh, 16 months ago now, and you know I have all of this training from the Randy Smith School of Business. You know, <clears throat> the not not to let's not downplay it. He is a hyper successful, brilliant entrepreneur, right? Yes. So this was my dad with a shit ton of energy. With a, I I don't know where he gets it, right? Yeah. It, it's crazy. So yeah. this this is my mentor, right? This is the person I picked to <laughs> to guide me and and help me along, yeah. which is one of the best mentors anyone could have, right? For me too, I feel the so, same way. So, uh, you, you guys know, should adopt me. Yeah. Right. You want to join the family? No, there's can only be one son oh, and you're older true. too. Yeah, so yeah. right now the estate goes to yeah. me, uh, but, uh, uh, all right. Yeah. Outed me. I was trying to get the estate. <laughs> Let me get the carbon fiber boat. Yeah. Right. It was like 10 pounds. You could just drop it. You, you, you can take the boat. Yeah. So, um, where was it? Where was I going? With I don't that? know. I'm just trying to distract you. Yeah, I know. But I, this, this is, so you went to the Randy Smith, so we went school, Randy Smith business. school business, right? Ego, right. ego. So, um, you know, I start, I sign my franchise agreement, you know, wire the money. I'm a business owner now. And I, I was, I had this ego about it, right? That like, oh, I have a business. It means nothing unless you actually build it, right? Of course. So, so I guess a comparison would be if you're, a, if you own a dentistry practice, right? You know, just because you're a doctor and you have this practice, how, what are your goals? What do you want to scale it to, Right. Yeah. So in, Preaching in, in the choir, brother. Yeah. And in, in swallowing that ego that, oh, look where I've come so far. Look where I'm at. You know, that means nothing if you don't actually take steps to where you're going next. So yeah, or at least know what you want. Yeah. I mean, I give a give a massive kudos to anybody who knows what they want. And the typical answer I get is, you know, what do you want to create? Well, you know, I want to open like three or four locations. And then what? Well, then sell it. And then what? And then sit on the beach and drinking champagne for how long? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. Yeah, you know, no, so no that, one's happy doing that forever. No, right? Yeah, yeah. I've I've sat on a beach and drink, you know, 
done that. I've, We're doing I've, that in the same parts. And, yeah, uh, but not for a month. But I'm <laughs> saying like I've I've taken extended time off. I've been fortunate to have have a business that's grown to do that. And after a cu- little bit, it's really unfulfilling. Mm-hmm. You know, when you I think the ultimate freedom is just being able to control your outcome of your life. That was my personal thing. I just mm-hmm. wanted to be have the ability to do what I wanted. And now I can be wherever I want today. It's a Wednesday. Today we're, we're shooting this on a Wednesday. It's day. It's during business hours, and I'm here at the business. Mm-hmm. I could. I don't have to be here today, and I just want to be here. So I think that's the ultimate goal for me. But it mm-hmm. took me a long time to figure that out. Yeah. And I had so much ass kicking. So if you're having this conversation for you at 28 or 20, you're 20, 29, 29. 29. Holy shit. Good for you, man. <laughs> So Thanks. proud of you, man. So proud of you. Cause there's a lot of people that are in their mid forties and fifties that just haven't gotten to that clarity yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's tough from, you know, if I look at my, my peer group too, and, and look at my age right now, right around 30, I have a ton of friends who, you know, they're going on almost 10 years in their careers. Right. I have some friends who are making really good money. I have friends right now who they're at the age, they uh, all are in the residencies or, you know, finishing the residency if they went to med school friends who are lawyers um, or friends that are just, you know, accountants where, you know, they've been working for a while and they're making good money and they're succeeding in their careers. Uh, and it's so easy to uh, have this almost jealousy, right? Where it's like, I'm a business owner. Like I'm busting my ass every single day. Like, obviously, you know, these people are working hard too, but they're, it feels like they're further in their careers than I am because I feel like I'm just pounding my head against the wall every day, trying to grow. Um, and part of that is how, you know, I kind of uh, shrunk my ego and, and realized, let's not compare, you know, let's not look at our peers. Let's look at someone who is doing exactly what I'm doing, right? Let's look at other 29-year-olds who are entrepreneurs trying to grow a business that they've been in business for a year or two, and let's learn from those people. So that's, you know, what I've been networking with other uh, franchisees and, and you know, uh, learning from them and creating my own path for the future instead of trying to get either a big head or, you know, uh, you know, looking out the window to be like, oh, the grass could be greener over there. Right. Yeah. This is what I wanted to do. How do I fulfill myself in, you know, in this role? I remember now you're bringing up something like, I remember being your age, like, um, early, late twenties, early thirties and a newly minted dentist and for the dentist and the residents and those medical professionals, we spent, we, they spent all their, your life in school. Mm-hmm. So they're just turning their first dollar of profit at 28, 29, 30. And never mind that they're saddled with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. Mm-hmm. You're saddled with debt, presumably because you bought a business, but yeah. it's a performing asset that's immediately performing cash flow. This mm-hmm. is, and so is the medical license as well, but it's, it can be crushing for them. And I remember feeling as a young 30 something year old person, like always comparing myself to everything. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get enough trips around the sun and you get to my age and you see like, okay, money, happiness don't equate and fulfillment don't equate. I know a lot of very, very wealthy people that I would not want their life. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not being cavalier about money. It's you have to have it without money. You have money problems and mm-hmm. money problems suck. I've been there. But once you sunset your money problems, you have superfluous cash. It doesn't increase your happiness. So mm-hmm. um, I think the most important thing is that your intention, you know exactly what you want and you'll get it. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have to reinvent that vision and say, okay, what's next? Because you need progress. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be happy. You, you know, satisfied. You high achievers want to keep growing, but always having a plan of growth. Mm-hmm. And your dad was like that too. You know, I won't bring up a, I, your dad went through something when he sold the business. 
he went through like a bout of insomnia. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And I was, I, I was thinking about it cause it was driving him batty and I felt really bad cause I love your dad. And it was like, he, he was used to the adrenaline of running a business and all of a sudden he sells it. The money shows up at the bank and it's like, okay, where does this energy go? Mm -hmm. Because yes, he cares, but you don't care when you're not playing the game. Like if you're watching roulette, mm -hmm. it's different than if you have a million dollars chips on the yeah, table. Yeah, of course. So I'm like thinking to Randy, I'm like, you know, and he probably doesn't agree with this, but I'm like, I guarantee it that he's taking all that energy that he used to expend at work. And now it's just bing bogging his head like a ping pong ball. Yep. It's not allowing them to sleep. Yeah, it's it's so funny. My, you know, me and my sisters, my mom, like we we saw this happening before our eyes, right? And yeah. knew he was going through this insomnia. And we all knew the answer. The answer was that he didn't want to retire and go live on a sailboat forever, right? right. We joke about that's what he should do. Right. Um, you know, and he, he has a ton of hobbies and he, he does the sailing thing, but he has to keep his mind engaged right. in business, business ownership, entrepreneurship, mentoring. And, you know, it's so cool watching him become this, uh, uh, you know, counselor for a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, a respected with, advisor, mentor. An advisor yeah. for all of these people and doing what he's doing. Yeah. It's I feel wonderful. like that's kind of the natural progression, right? Because it's the natural pro progression for all of us. There's a wonderful podcast from, yeah. on Oprah called From Strength to Strength. It's a book and a podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's about something that happens that like in the first phase of your life, you're where you are, you're actually doing it, you're in it. And then like you have to transition to coach and guide others. So you learn what you need to learn. And ideally you should give it all away. Mm -hmm. If you just keep going that same curve, you just will, you won't achieve your way out of it. Yeah. You know, so it's like this transition. I'm really proud that Randy did it. Yeah. But I think it's really important to point out because a lot of people have these hollow goals of like, I want to make the money and then go sit on the beach. You can't do that. Yeah. You have to engage yourself. A human being is meant to be stimulated. Yeah. And if you don't mm -hmm. have it, you're going to go crazy. That's why like I'm on team never sell on the podcast. We talk about this because there's a massive gold rush. Of team people. never sell to never sell the practice. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a massive narrative in dentistry because everybody's incentivized to do it. Sell your practice, call me today. And then they refer you to the private equity guys and they get a big on your practice. Mm -hmm. So everybody's out there like with Instagram shorts, like, you know, there's a, the law of, you know, the, the doors are closing, the money's running out, do it today. Call me. And then they call you and they refer you to get shit tons of money. Mm -hmm. And like Peter and I are like, Peter's the partner on the podcast. And I think you've met mm -hmm. or heard about at least, you know, we're just staunchly, uh, we're really a big proponent of like, create your business such that you love it. And since you're the master of your domain and you can maximize your business for exactly what you want, do that, be mm -hmm. intentional. And then you don't want it to go. You know, it's like most people like, I want to sell it. Well, why it's driving me shit, you know, batshit crazy. They fix it. They make it profitable. Now it's more sellable, and then they don't want to sell it. So people want to sell failing businesses, typically, a lot of times. It's like they can't get it right. But if you can just maximize and get it where you want, it's always going to break down. There's people, and the people are messy. Yeah. You know, when you scale it, the people drive you crazy. And it gets There's always 5% of your customers driving you crazy. But I'm just a big fan of, like, build it right and then hold on to it. That's a big thing in, uh, you know, the STR management space. What's STR management? Short-term rental oh, management. Sorry. So is everyone? That's not an industry. <laughs> sorry, vacation <laughs> rental uh, managers. Everyone has this goal. I'm going to grow to 100 units and sell. Yeah. 200 units sell. 300 units sell. Right. And you know, it's it's fun to kind of fantasize about that and like and like what the number could be. Um, you know, I, I I see myself 10 years from now doing this. I've grown to 300 plus units. We have fantastic cash flow. Why why would I sell it? Right. And you know what you're going to do with the money, right? 
invest yeah. in another business. Just invest in another business, and then I have that to do you don't the same know about, thing, right? yeah, but you don't know about. And it. I don't have, and yeah. I won't have ten years of yeah. experience doing it. Yeah, and you know, you, and you'll you get, fall in love you, with yeah. what you do. Right. It's it's so easy to, um, you know, look at some of my younger friends or people who, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't have a passion for this. You know, Randy didn't have a passion for flooring, right? He his dad called him when he was nineteen and said, why don't you come to Florida? We'll start a construction business. They didn't even know what kind of construction they were going to do until he got to Florida. They're like, oh, we could do flooring, right? He kind of just fell into it. His passion was being a business owner, right? No, and, and people. And people. And so and Randy people. is a connector and a relationship builder. His passion yeah. is connecting in relationships. And when you have that passion like you do, we pass, you, mm-hmm. you have that same tendency. You're just building relationships with the Airbnb owners and like, imagine how many people out there, like, I'd love to have vacation rentals. I just don't want to deal with all this shit. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you're helping people not only, you know, get a, a place to stay, but you're helping a lot of people pave their way to retirement. Mm-hmm. You're giving another alternative investment vehicle for those that wish to own vacation rentals. My favorite customers are ones who did it themselves and then hired me because yeah. they're like, yeah. thank got like yeah. that was not worth yeah. the 15%. They almost to, need to. Yeah. yeah. It, so it's, when they're like 15% is a lot, do me a favor, do it for six months. I'll help you. Yeah. Here's the cleaning lady. Here's the guy at the toilet. Just do it. And yeah. they call me in six months. Let yeah. me know how it's and, going. And then, yeah, people have never done it. They're like, you know, why am I, we paying you this much? You know, yeah. what do you even do? Right. Do it yourself. Right. Do it yourself. And, yeah. and how much is me. it to retile my bathroom? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Oh okay. my God. Here's the knee pads. Here's yeah. the grout. Yeah. Call me in have a week. Fun. <laughs> have fun. That's uh, awesome. Well, I want to be respectful of your time, uh, but I, this was awesome. Yeah, this was, this was, this was great. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. You know, it's, it's Good so, to Ashley for making this happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's so funny to have that descriptive vision that I've thought about for, you know, my, my whole life. I feel like writing down this goal, yeah. I finally did it because I had a passion. You know, I, I went so long bumbling, you know, not really knowing what I wanted to do or how I was going to do it. Finally found that avenue. And I was like, it's time. Let's put pen to paper. Let's make, you know, this passion I have a reality, this dream I have and a reality. Pain though, too, it sounds like, what? you know, you had to have the passion and the pain. Like, obviously things were, you had pointed to something not going 100% right to say like, okay, what's my plan here? What am I doing? Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's it's cool that, you know, it, it kind of all started from your, uh, you know, descriptive vision that you wrote all those years yeah, ago. Yeah, so. no, I, I appreciate that, that that helped you. And um, for those that are listening that, um, can't really give the elevator pitch of what they're trying to create, and it's spir- spiraling, uh, spiraling around in their head. Put pen to paper. Go mm-hmm. to a go to a space. Dedicate an hour or two of your life and write out what you want to create, mm-hmm. because most people lack clarity. Um, and when you don't have perfect clarity, your team can't follow you. They can't know what you're standing for and what you're mm-hmm. trying to create. So it's really important. And uh, I'm proud of you that you did it. Also <laughs> Thanks, thankful man. that Randy thought highly enough of me to. Uh, to send that out um, to you. That's awesome. Uh, but I uh, appreciate you. I appreciate your family and I appreciate you spending time with us today. Awesome. It was fun. Thanks, brother. Thanks, dude. Awesome. <laughs> Second podcast for you, Under the Belt. Yeah, right. I got another one next week. That's awesome. You're a <laughs> podcasting maniac. Uh,